Hello, and welcome to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. This time we are actually talking about Arrow. Uh, this is Arrow Season 5, uh, chapter, or Episode 6, excuse me. So it begins, and um, it will... Okay, so this is where the, the Prometheus thing starts to heat up. Uh, we got rid of Tobias Church last episode, so now Prometheus is out there. Oliver's tracking him. There's <laughs> this really... This really dramatic scene where they're tracking Tobias Church's cell phone, uh, Oliver, and uh, um, John are tracking Tobias Church's cell phone. And they go into an abandoned warehouse, of which every D.C. city has a plethora, and uh, a bunch of fire pots light up, and they follow it to the cell phone. Oliver picks up the cell phone. There's no answer. The fire pots extinguish, and then a bunch of smaller, like, candle-sized fires light up. And the phrase, so it begins, appears. Uh, Oliver has not told his uh, recruits about Prometheus. Uh, he does not tell them about Prometheus until Prometheus goes on a, a small killing spree and uh, kills a couple of people. Um, and then the news reports it. And uh, it's a big thing. And there's a... The, the reporter lady is calling him the throwing star killer because that's how he's killing uh, the throwing star. I must say, uh, having gotten a better look at it, does not look anything like the one that uh, Mick Rory can use to prove the existence of ninjas. So never mind. Uh, but uh, the team is very upset that Oliver has not told them about the serial killer, and they become even more upset when Felicity figures out what's going on with Prometheus's latest victims. Turns out their names are anagrams uh, of names that Oliver had on his list back in season one, when he was a killin' and a killin'. And the team is a little upset because they find out, you know, it's like, we knew you were a killer, but we didn't know you were a serial killer. And to be fair, um, what he does not mention is that the names on the list were people who were involved in the undertaking, which was Malcolm Merlin's plan to destroy the Glades, right? So, uh, not that I, I think that excuses necessarily the serial killing, but it, it makes Oliver seem somewhat less whatever uh, in this, um, yeah. Uh, so I think I'm going to go ahead and digress right now into the flashback portion. So we're still with Abratva. Uh, he and Anatoly are, well, he's learning how to make a bomb, um, when the bar is shot up and it turns out that Kovar is sending a message. Kovar wants to expand his territory and build a casino, but he needs an investor. So the Bratva send Oliver undercover to blow it up, except Oliver gets caught and knocked out and interrogated, well, not even interrogated by Konstantin Kovar. Uh, Konstantin Kovar tells him a story about a, a turnip that can't be lifted without the help of everybody in the village. Um, anyway, but the, the big takeaway from that scene, actually, is that Konstantin Kovar is played by Dolph Lundgren, who is in tremendous shape for a man who is, uh, what is he right now, in his 60s, 62, something like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was, that was kind of a surprise. Oh, I did it again, sorry, that, uh, but uh, Dolph Lundgren uh, uh, in the Arrowverse as the flashback antagonist. Does that make the flashback slightly more interesting for me? Yes, it does. Uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of Dolph Lundgren, it's kind of cool that he's involved. So, back to present day. Um, Oliver has Felicity 
basically anagram the rest of the names on the list to see if anybody in Central City matches, sorry, not Central City, oh, uh, Star City matches those anagrams. Um, turns out people do, and they send all of the Arrow team out to watch up on them. Now, I should say that uh, Artemis, um, Evelyn, I think her real name is, who's the one who impersonated Black Canary, uh, gives all of her speech about, you know, you told me you'd be tarnishing, I'd be tarnishing Black Canary's legacy if I killed, and uh, what does that make you but a hypocrite? And he goes off about, well, you would be tarnishing Black Canary's legacy, because it's true, because Black Canary never killed anybody. Uh, and she also didn't get involved until after the whole uh, lightening up on killing people who weren't actually out there with weapons killing other people uh, thing happened. Um, but she is she's actually the most upset. Like, the, the recruits had a meeting, and she's the one who was like, you know, I can't deal with this, I can't deal with this. Uh, and it's, it's interesting that... I find it interesting that she's the one who is, I guess, most eloquent uh, and reasoned about her... Um, about how upset she is with Oliver, considering that, you know, that Rory Regan had the whole um, nuclear bomb thing happen, and this seems like it might be a bridge too far for him, but it's not because Ragman's really spooky. Um, Curtis doesn't seem to care as much, and you think he might. Uh, Wild Dog, uh, Renee, uh, I... <laughs> I mean, he's a... He, he's, his primary weapons are a gun anyway, so I don't... Or primary weapon is a gun anyway. So I don't, I don't think he's particularly concerned uh, about um, casualties or, you know, not dropping bodies or something like that. So uh, what happens is that uh, Evelyn is on a subway train, because apparently a subway train driver is one of the guys who is uh, under threat from Prometheus. And sure enough, there's a blackout in the car, and after the blackout, Prometheus shows up. And Evelyn, rather than calling him back up, takes him on. Now, uh, I'm sure you're thinking what I'm thinking, which is, Seth, how can you possibly call him back up on a subway train? And the answer is, uh, carefully. Um, uh, Felicity alerts Oliver that Evelyn's turned off her comms and that everybody's got a tracking device installed. So, you know, Oliver figures out she's on a subway train that's moving and he goes to the closest uh, subway entrance. I guess that luckily the train happens to be on that route or that track or whatever. But seriously, it's like, uh, it's, you know, it's going to be really difficult to get people to come help you on a moving subway train, right? Um, also, the subway train appears to be an express because I don't think it stopped anywhere while this was all going on, but that's neither here nor there. So Evelyn takes on uh, Prometheus and, you know, does pretty well, you know? Like, uh, she fights him for a while, she manages to wound him in the arm... Uh, she catches him in the arrow with, uh, with an arrow in the back and, uh, he leaves because Oliver basically blew up the top of the car so that he could get in to figure out what was going on. Um, the train conductor, uh, does not die, is in fact not harmed, uh, although somehow Prometheus has managed to plant a bomb in the front of the train. He never really got into the driving compartment, but that's where the bomb is, so so who knows? Uh, Prometheus is apparently a little bit of, uh, I don't know, he, he might be a little bit magic, um, at least in terms of the way he can do things. It's, I mean, I mean, not literally, I just mean that they're, they're writing him uh, to allow him to get away with stuff that 
you wouldn't ordinarily be able to get away with. So Oliver uh, shoots a parachute arrow um, and gets him and Evelyn and the train conductor out of the train before it explodes, which is nice. Uh, then we're at the very end of the episode. Uh, we're at a, oh, a stadium, I think, something like that, where they're going to have like a, basically like a little concert, uh, Star City at night, to you know sort of boost morale and that sort of thing and you know have a cultural event for the city so oliver's got something other than uh, cops and uh, zoning ordinances to mark his tenure as mayor you know it's it's fine uh and you know quentin lance who is responsible for helping them get the venue isn't there and thea makes excuses for them one of the things we found out over the course of this episode is that quentin lance has not stopped drinking uh and he is continuing, you know, basically he's he's continuing to drink, and um, I'm sure they're going to have to address that at some point. But what's more important is that when we, we flash over to Quentin Lance to see how he's doing, he has a wound in his arm that matches the wound that uh, um, Artemis gave Prometheus, and he's got one of Prometheus throwing stars on his uh, desk. Now, so the implication is that Quentin is drinking and he's having blackouts, and when he has these blackouts, he, he becomes Prometheus. Okay, well, Prometheus has a greater degree of martial proficiency than Quentin has ever shown, and if he's become Drunken Master, he's become a Drunken Master in a way that looks like he's absolutely sober when he's Prometheus. So this seems... this seems a little far-fetched, um, because... This is essentially the only clue that we have that Quentin could be Prometheus. It also, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, I'm sorry. The other the other clue that we have is that the throwing stars are apparently, have been forged out of uh, other arrows that Oliver has used over the past four years. So whoever is doing this has access to the SCPD evidence lockup. Um... Not that it's a huge deal, but we all know that Tobias Church broke into that, so it's certainly possible that while somebody blew a big hole in the wall of the evidence lockup, uh, an interested party might have been able to get in there and get those arrows, arrowheads, because the throwing stars did not appear. Well, is that true? Is that true? Did he get... No, I guess he did get uh, people before Tobias Church uh, blew, blew a hole in the, um, in the evidence lockup, so never mind, never mind. Uh, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm pretty sure Quentin Lance is not actually Prometheus, um, because honestly that would be kind of dumb. Uh, I do want to say that it is interesting uh, how often um, the I mean I've been calling these superhero soap operas and they really are, but some of the tropes it's like uh, amnesia, blackouts multiple personalities, uh, twins, you know, that kind of thing, like, or even evil twins, like the whole, you know, alternate universe thing, there's uh, one of the, one of the, um, I don't know if it's more famous ones, but certainly one of the one, uh, one of the ones that existed was uh, the Earth where, like, everybody was evil, you know, where all the, all the heroes were evil and all the villains were good, um, so, like, all that all that kind of stuff, like, it's it's shared between soap operas and superhero stories. It's just something interesting that I, I thought was kind of um, 
I don't know, that it would be fun to mention that these things are, are shared between these two seemingly very different genres. Uh, certainly, people coming back to life unexpectedly is another, or finding out that people are alive unexpectedly is sort of a theme of uh, certainly Arrow, and I, I know it's been used uh, to some effect in some of the longer-running soap operas. Anyway, that uh, I think that ends my thoughts on this uh, episode of The Arrow, so it's also time to bring this episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse to a close. And as always, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're having a good day.